Welcome to the Geek Exploration on hiatus debrief. I, I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. And uh, here we are in the middle of our hiatus, uh, as we promised to come and talk to you about things when there are things to talk about. We've got uh, two topics. So that, that's why it was so confusing, because it's like it's not on one topic. It's not off all topics, but we wanted to talk about a couple of big things in the geekosphere that happened recently. One, of course, is the unfortunate passing of uh, of Kevin Conroy. I think everyone in our position is talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was on vacation in Mexico and woke up to see someone on our Discord posted that uh, Kevin Conroy died. First thing I saw in the morning is like, what a fucking bummer that is. Yeah, I woke up to a text message from you saying that. And I was like, come on. And then also Gallagher. Like, unfortunately, Gallagher's like the Farrah Fawcett of this situation where she died the same day as Michael Jackson. (laughs) Sorry, Farrah, you're you're not you're not getting the spotlight that day. It hit me harder than most celebrity deaths are. Yeah, for for the most part, most celebrities don't really mean anything to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't not, not screen legend James Conn. Yeah, that's for oh, sure. Oh, I should have said screen legend <laughs> Kevin Conroy, and it would have actually uh, fit, because he's been on the small and big screens. Um, and then the other topic we are going to cover is uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. We watched that movie, and we're going to talk about it. First, we'll, um, I mean, we'll warn you, we're going to do a little, little non-spoiler discussion review, and then we're going to go into heavy spoilers, but we'll give you a, um, a heads up on that. Hey, it's good to be back. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Like I said, I just got back from Mexico. I did not get Montezuma's Revenge. Uh, I did get a few sizable hangovers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. And uh, like I've, I've been kind of enjoying not having to edit a podcast every Monday. That's kind of nice. But uh, I have also been uh, missing these, these little chats and yeah. doing this. So it's a uh, you know, mixed, mixed bag. I think as far as the show is concerned, I think this is good for right now. The whole reason of going on hiatus, like needing some more time and stuff like I feel like it's good. I feel like we did it for four years and a little a little break isn't a bad thing, but it is great to come back in a situation like this where it's something that that we feel compelled to talk about. But well self-compelled not like nobody's yeah, compelling yeah, us no, to like, a gun to oh, our heads. we don't we have to talk about this for our <laughs> listeners but yeah i i like having a a reason where i'm like oh i need to get on mic for this so this is this is going to be good you know in in the interim during the hiatus and I, I i'm i'm glad that even you were stressing it as a hiatus you know just just because the show ain't gone. Yeah. I mean, it's the first real sizable break we've ever taken. Like we've taken like a month off when we had to fulfill the Kickstarter and do some shit here yeah. and there, but it was so filled with other shit that like there was no time to, to miss anything, but it's nice to come back and kind of like, yeah, cause it gets a little mechanical after mm-hmm. a while, you know, you're kind of doing a thing. It's like a job. Yeah. Except no one's paying us <laughs> to kind of see like, what are the things you miss and what are the things that you don't miss so much? Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to come back and not edit. yeah yeah and and, you know thinking about over over time with the show like i feel like over the years i've gotten more lax with my note taking and research which is ironic because when people said we were well researched we'd laugh at them because like huh we don't research but even even to whatever level we did research i think i've uh i've gotten lazier about it but i think i need to step that up a little bit and it's fun taking a step away to think about like Okay, what can be different when we come back? Yeah, you know, exactly, like, like yeah. what? What know, do we what, really want out of the show? Yeah, and and 
again, like you said, like some of the, some of the more mechanical ones where it's like, okay, this is a thing that, that deserves to be talked about, but maybe I'm not as passionate about it. You know, like it's easy to talk for two hours about Weird Al or Ninja Turtles or, or, you know, Superman, but you know, sometimes there, there is that, that, um, Star Trek episode that you're not going to want to talk for two hours. Hey, I, I don't mind that at all. I per, personally, I haven't been dreading a Star Trek no, episode you're not even it. You slightly. Just, you know, it's not something you think about yeah. on your in your day to day life ever. Yeah, yeah. But but if we're being honest, I think I I I'd, I'd have more to say about a Star Trek episode than like a uh, role playing games episode. So it's yeah, I can see know, that. I'm, I'm I have no problem doing a Star Trek episode. Let's do it. Um, but that's not what we're doing today. I mean, hell, I'm ready. Let's do it right now. <laughs> Star Trek needs to be talked about. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun when we do come back. Once we've got some work in other areas going at a good clip and, um, and we can put it back in, like you said, with your editing, it has been nice to, to have both days of the weekend to, um, be able to do things, Yeah, but do miss it. And I'm glad we're here. And I'm doing fine. Oh yeah, yeah. How, how how have you been? No, it's fine. Great. Whatever. No, <laughs> tired. I, uh, I, no, hopefully I, less tired. I was uh, you know I was <laughs> set on coming in and just being like, man, I'm rejuvenated. <laughs> the weather's great. I'm actually underworked right now. You know, I, all lies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then I also thought about like, oh great, they the our listeners missed like the one month through the year where the weather's really nice. <laughs> so I came out here to set up my stuff. I'm like, fuck, it's cold. <laughs> I mean, it's really nice outside, but, but, um, this, uh, this garage has, uh, has held in, it holds in the, uh, the weather. Yeah. And I, nothing's been introducing any real heat to this garage. Yeah. I did have my little <laughs> tabletop heater going for the first time this year, but it makes noise. Um, Kevin Conroy. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, this, this one really hurt. Like, like I, just like you said, I celebrity deaths, like it sucks when, when a celebrity dies, it sucks but, when anybody dies, but like, you know, I don't know most people, so it doesn't really get yeah. under my skin generally. Yeah. Like this isn't James Conn for you. Like this, no, not even close. <laughs> this, you know, something this guy did. I'm trying not to repeat everything that everyone said. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff's correct. It's so valid. It's, like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> and, and I'm also trying like in, in effort not to repeat everything that everyone else has said. I'm also trying to think about like, well, how then is this going to be longer than a minute and a half? It, it's like, it's all true. It's all valid. Like it's one of the few things these days that I think there's consensus on. Like you go out there and you say like, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. Like in my mind, like if I'm reading a comic, it's in his voice. Yep. Like that is the voice of Batman. And like, no one is going to be like, no, nah, fuck that. <laughs> You know, it's uh, Adam West for me all the way. Yeah. You know, like, like I think there's a fair consensus that, like, he was an awesome dude. He did probably the most nuanced performance of Batman we've ever had, you know, outside of the comics. that, mm-hmm. And he was the best at it. You know, it's not really a hot take or anything. Like, it's, it, it's, it's true, and everyone agrees with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and... I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking up an Instagram post that I put up because like, I felt like I, like my thoughts came out a lot more clearly with that. But then again, I just don't want to just read what I, ah, fuck. Sorry. This is acting John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right off the top of my head. This is what I was thinking. Um, you know, I am just going to read it. Fuck it. Cause it, it, it was my knee jerk 
thoughts. I was like, you're not being like a derivative prick for reading something that you wrote. John. <laughs> <laughs> for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This isn't Wikipedia. A lot of podcasts are scripted anyway. Like oh, they write it all before they go in there. Yeah. That's so that's bizarre to me. Weird. I mean, but, that's like, a lot of work, but hopefully they're, they're making money from sponsorships and stuff. If they're putting that kind of work into it. Yeah. Or they just love it. Like comics. Cause I bet I'm, I bet I, that's probably the, the better equivalent is uh, drawing a comic book for no money. <laughs> um, so I said, damn it, this one really hurts. I was 10 years old when Kevin Conroy first voiced Batman in Batman the Animated Series. I remember thinking the style of the series looked weird. I was used to muscle men like He-Man and G.I. Joe. I didn't get the beautiful curves and pointed jaws. But one thing that was undeniable from the beginning was the perfection of Batman's voice. Kevin Conroy understood that Batman couldn't just have Bruce Wayne's voice under the mask. He wasn't your chuckle buddy. He was a fearsome force. He had depth and gravitas. He was a man you listened to when he spoke. Mr. Conroy defined what Batman is. There are thousands of appearances of Batman in the 2D world of comic books. There are many actors who have portrayed Batman on the silver screen, but none have defined Batman the same way. To take a medium like comics where there is no sound and to become what people hear when they read an adventure is probably just about the highest achievement I can imagine for an actor. And though others have played the part admirably in film and TV since, we all know whose voice reigns supreme. This man's voice has meant so much to me for the last 30 years and will continue to do so. I'm sad I never got to meet him, but I'm heartbroken we'll never get another masterful performance from him. My daughter and I have the day off. I think I know what we're going to do. An article I read said that Mask of the Phantasm was his favorite. Time to give it a watch. R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. And here's where I get cheese ball. You are vengeance. You are the night. You are Batman. Um, yeah. No, I'm glad you read that. That was very succinct. And, yeah, it, it, and accurate. That 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 summed up how I felt. You know, like not since you know Bud Collier from the old uh, Superman cartoons or Christopher Reeve. You know, did you have a performer who understood that it needed to be different? Adam West doesn't sound any different when he's Batman Sounds or Bruce. Like Adam West. The one of the, oh, I can't remember his name. It's a European sounding name, but the, the guy who, or maybe Middle Eastern, the guy who did um, Batman's voice on the Super Friends cartoon. You know, like he just sounds like, hey, just a guy. I'm Batman. I'm your friend. Here, here's a batarang, Robin. I don't know why he's giving a batarang to Robin and announcing it. But because it's those old Super Friends cartoon, that's yeah. just kind of what they did. I mean, Christian Bale understood he needed a different voice, but <laughs> oh, <yikes>. oof. <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, even that was, was after. Conroy, you know, like, like his, his Bruce is so aloof and just like, like a friendly sounding dude. And then his Batman, like, I mean, depending on, on when you came in, in the series, cause I started doing a rewatch of course. And like earlier in the series, like his, his Batman, like has the, the muted tones and you know, it's like, it's sort of a muted lower Bruce Wayne, but it wasn't quite till later on or, you know, it wasn't the same as later on when he was like, Hey, I'm Batman. Yeah, he's blah, got a, little, blah, blah. a little bit more gravel in there yeah. later on. Like and, that's how I read it or how I say it when I'm reading comics yeah. to my kid. And then even more gravel when he got to like old Bruce Wayne for Batman beyond, he like yeah. made it even a, a little bit more gruff. Yeah. And, and like he deliberately put that little bit of detail on there, mm -hmm. you know, like he knew that Bruce and, Batman had to have a different voice and that they meant, you know, they were, that it was like, I saw, I saw a quote from him, uh, where he was talking about how, like, like he got the Batman voice first and then like understood like, cause he was an actor that essentially Batman is who he really is. And Bruce Wayne is the performance. Yes. And so he was able to 
perform the Bruce Wayne character as Batman. Yeah. To get there. And uh, he fucking killed it. Yeah. And me and my kid did end up watching Mask of the Phantasm uh, that morning because I was off work and, and the kid was off school. And that, that thing is just such a beautiful piece of work. Like, I mean, Kevin Conroy is just as brilliant as, as he has always been, but the movie itself is, you know, it was released in theaters. It was a step up from, from even the animated series. It's a gorgeous movie and people actually die. And in that, we also got a good dose of a younger Bruce Wayne. So there were, there was another, um, another side of a performance from, you know, we, you had, you had young Bruce Wayne with, uh, with Andrea. And, um, and what was interesting was that it was, it was a Bruce, well, I could be reading way too much into this, but it seemed like a Bruce that was unfettered with performance at that point. Like he was becoming Batman, but he wasn't Batman yet. You know, like he had some of the rage, but he still had a heart and he still had hope and whatnot. And he was, you know, he was a kid who wanted to be the Batman, but it wasn't yet that he had found Batman and created Bruce. Like it was a pure Bruce. Yeah. If that makes any sense whatsoever. No, it does make sense. <laughs> now I want to go back and watch some of that to, to pick up on that. Cause it, it's, uh, it's so good. I haven't watched master of the phantasm for probably a decade. Yeah. i it was fun watching it, uh, with the, with the kid because we'd watched it before a couple of years ago. And like I said, people die in that. It's not, it's not, um, gruesome. Except maybe one of them when you see like a guy all like all jokerized with yeah. a bomb strapped to him. But the kid was, you know, scared. Like like just the idea that people died was was too much. And like the phantasm scared her, but this time she was she was excited by it. And I nice. was like, Yeah, it was it was fun. One of the other things that that I really appreciate about Kevin Conroy was that he seemed to really get Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he he really understood the character. Like, I mean, for me, the animated series Batman is my Batman mm-hmm. like, like more than the comics Batman. Like, cause I, like I probably watched, I definitely watched more animated series Batman than I've read comics, Batman comics. Wow. That's interesting. Even just through here and there's that, 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 that that's true for you. Cause yeah, there, I mean, there were probably, I don't know, the 150, 200 episodes of, uh, of the animated yeah. series. And I've watched them multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> But I've, uh, I mostly, when I was growing up, I mostly read Marvel. Like I didn't read a lot of DC. That's right. And so like my, I think my first introduction to Batman was the, I mean, I knew who Batman was and I'd seen, uh, my first introduction actually was 89, Mm -hmm. but like the, what made me fall in love with Batman, like as a, as a character was definitely the animated series. And so like, you know, I've got some bias from like, that's the, you know, that was the Batman that that you know formed my idea of batman was yeah. the animated series like i said he really gets batman as a character i think he gives batman more depth than anyone else has like even in the animated series like and some of that's the writing because the writing in the animated series was also fucking great yeah brilliant he was able to have such a nuanced performance where you could feel you know like he can be terrifying uh, yeah i'm about to whoop your ass batman but even, you know, as Batman, he could be compassionate and, uh, you know, scared and, and all kinds of things, you know, like just have a, a great emotional range mm-hmm. that made him feel very human. I don't remember what episode it was, but I, like, I remember the, there's one of the episodes where he's like crying at his parents' grave mm-hmm. and talking about how, like asking permission to be happy. 
that's Mask of the Phantasm. Is that for Mask of the Phantasm? Yeah. 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 He's like, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on this. Like, I wasn't planning on being happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, oh that my scene goodness. always stuck with me because I remember like seeing it when I was a kid and thinking like, holy shit, like that's, you know, that's more than you get out of most kids superhero yeah. TV shows. <laughs> it, <laughs> like it was, it was emotional. It, it it really was. I'm so glad that 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 a moment like that stuck out in in your mind you know because like we haven't talked about it in a long time but your memory is not the best no it's not but to have that sort of emotional resonance from years ago and having just re-experienced it myself like it was it was exciting to hear that coming from you as well batman's just so stoic in a lot of other portrayals you know like he you don't you don't always get that well yeah even like i mean one of our favorite one of everybody's favorite uh, portrayals of batman michael keaton he's basically like a blank slate like he's great and he looks the part. I mean, like his eyes are are wonderful and his his subdued performance is amazing. But like you don't get any real emotion from from no. Michael Keaton's Batman. They both feel like performances. Like his Bruce Wayne is absolutely like someone performing being Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And his Batman is, you know, just a kind of boilerplate Batman. I'm being quiet on purpose. Yeah, but there's no uh there's no real depth to that character at all. Uh, no yeah. pathos. You know, like, like you said, the, the, I feel like I've said the, the term, like you said, or like I said, like a thousand times I picked up on it early on um, maybe like the <laughs> second or third time I said it. And now every time I say it, it's just needling my brain, but the range that he gets to have, you know, he, he gets to be happy and, and laughy when he's Bruce, he gets to be dark and brooding when he's Batman, he gets to be very serious and quiet. He gets to get angry, you know, like even at people like Robin or Alfred, like, I think I've brought it up, or I think I brought it up in the Batman episode, probably, but in Mask of the Phantasm, you know, when he when he's getting pissed at Alfred because Alfred's giving him advice he doesn't want to hear. And Batman says, like, you think you know everything about me, don't you? And Alfred's like, well, I die up at your bottom. I bloody well <laughs> ought to, sir. And he's like, well, you don't. And, like, drives away angrily. Like, you you get these performances. You also get, which is a, an off-sided favorite Batman animated moment from the Justice League cartoon, I think it was Justice League Unlimited, when they're going against the Royal Flush Gang, and I believe it's Ace, I don't think it's Ten, but in this case, Ace isn't like a, uh, or whichever character this is, is not like a giant robot, it's a little girl with like mental powers, and she's projected this, you know, like this house death trap thing, I don't know. Yeah, It's okay, been a while yeah, since I've seen it, about, yeah. but she's, she's dying from her disease, like it's like a brain tumor or something, and Batman's sitting on a swing set with her outside and they're just talking and she asks him to like, she's like, she knows she's dying and he, and he has to tell her like, yeah, you are. And she's like, can you stay with me when it happens? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's such a touching moment where, where Batman gets to be, I don't know if delicate's the right word. Compassionate. Yeah. 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 Throughout that whole series. Like he's not, he is fairly compassionate. Like he feels like the, um, when Victor freeze, you know, like, one where the like when they when they introduce mr freeze yeah um heart of ice yeah yeah where he you know he's like i don't remember what he says but he, he's like you know hey like i know what happened with your wife that's that's fucked up dude like yeah like i've i've uh, like he's able to empathize with mr freeze even as he has him like tied up yeah <laughs> you know and it's just it's uh 30 years he spent 30 years as the voice of batman in pretty much any Probably not all. There's probably a couple black sheep in there, but almost every animated 
version of Batman. Yeah, yeah. I, I read somewhere that he did over 400 episodes of television, over 15 movies. He had, what, like three video games in there? Yeah, all the Arkham ones. He was, yeah, and, and I think also, Batman. like, oh, I don't know if they actually did voices, but uh, that, like, Batman Rise of, of Sin Su or something, that, that was based oh, yeah. on the animated look. Fucking, like, w- when I Googled him earlier, for some reason, Google, like, you know, they come up, uh, you know, has Kevin Conroy. The, the credit underneath uh, is not Batman. Like, you know, because it's got like the movie they're from. It's like it says like The Dark Knight for Christian Bale and Suicide Squad for Ben Affleck for some reason. But it says Teen Titans Go. <laughs> <laughs> under Kevin Conroy, like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I thought you were going to say like whatever soap opera he was yeah, on. Murphy like, Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on <laughs> Murphy Brown. Um, and he also got the chance to play Batman live action in, uh, yeah. in the CW crossover crisis on infinite. Which Earths. is the only, I think the only episodes of, <laughs> of what Batwoman or Batgirl, what, which one was it? I don't remember. It was Whatever part of like was. a multi, multi-part crossover. Yeah. It was the, the only episodes of that I watched. Yeah. And in that world he had killed his Superman. Yeah. He, Cause he talks about like, you know, like, you know, you, you know, like you, once you let your principles down, you kill one guy and then mm-hmm. you kill another and then another. It's like, Oh man. Yeah. And uh, I mean the man himself, like I watched his last, what, what was at least claimed to be his last interview, which was a week before his death. Yeah. I saw that too. Oh, you did where he was talking to that dude. And like, just the, the way he talks about Batman, like he's just, He's got it like in his soul, but he's such a, a kind man, like, or at least whatever, whatever he portrays to people, like he is the kindness and the compassion of Batman. Like he's, he doesn't have an angry bone in his body from what he shows. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say a single bad word about him either. Truth. Well before his death, like throughout his entire career, I don't think anyone's had anything but nice things to say about the guy. Yeah. And, um, he was a Juilliard trained actor. Yeah, he, like he was stage. He was a roommate of Robin Williams and he went really? to yeah, went to school with Christopher Reeve. Cool. Like in a in a bizarre little little uh exchange. I think Christopher Reeve was only like four years older than him, three or four years. And like just to think that the definitive Batman and Superman were going to college together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a real shame. Like 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 I said in that fuck, like I said. Um, to reiterate something that was <laughs> put in my post, uh, two, the, my, my two big regrets, one that I never met him. Like I am so bummed. I never got to shake his hand and be one of the millions of people to say like, Hey, your performance meant the world to me. Like it, it, it was the best. And two, when, when artists die, it's a rare thing to me where, where I have to think about like, all the material that this person has put into the world is all we're ever going to have. And that makes me profoundly sad because all I'm going to have now is, is what already exists. Thankfully is a lot shit ton. Yeah. I read through the, uh, finding Batman, the, Mm -hmm. you know, a little, uh, autobiographic comic he wrote about getting the role of Batman and kind of his, and his, just his life experience coming into it. That was in DC pride. 2022 oh is it 2022 yeah it was it's like <sighs> yeah from this year man Fuck. yeah because i started looking around at comic shops for it and i could not find it and i had read in an article that said 2020 and i was like i feel like it was more recent than that yeah. but meh. yeah it was 2022 but it was you know he talks about how you know like he had a rough home life and his brother had schizophrenia and he had to take care of his brother and he had to 
you know, his parents were getting a divorce and his dad was an alcoholic and, you know, just like, and he was, you know, a young gay man in the fifties and sixties, which was tough. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then he, when he became an actor, I guess like it, you know, his sexuality just kept roadblocking shit for him. And so like he, he went into it feeling like, you know, like, like he kept his professional and his private life separate. You know, he was kind of pulling the Batman where he had like his forward facing public self and then his inner self that, uh, you know, kind of had a lot of pain and kept it behind the, the, the grandfather clock. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I guess he channeled all of that when he went in for his audition as Batman. And, uh, yeah, cause I, I guess like right before that he had been, um, like he had a role that like, you know, like he was in a movie and a guy was like, yeah, I got this great role. And he like, didn't get the role network wasn't interested. And it was specifically told it's cause he was homosexual. That's wild because I, I never, even in all the interviews with him that I've listened to, like I, I never knew he was yeah, gay. Me neither. Not and, until I read that. And like, what? I mean, that, what a, what a shit struggle to have all the talent and skill in the world and to have the training of Juilliard and to, as we can see, be a brilliant fucking actor yeah. and to have those opportunities, uh, squelched because of, because of your sexuality that it's, it's tragic. I mean, it, it sucks. He never made a big deal about it, which I mean, coming from, you know, like kind of that generation, like, I mean, he was what would he have been in like his thirties, late twenties, early thirties, like during like the AIDS epidemic, mm -hmm. you know, when, you know, he has friends and coworkers, you know, people that are dying and they don't really know why or what, like it was a scary time. And, you know, just being, you know, 30 years of hiding it, like he, he didn't make a big deal of it. Like that, that comic is the first I ever heard of it, mm -hmm. of him being gay. And that came out this year. So he must've known when he wrote that, what his health, you know, what his health situation was. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, so I don't know if he decided to, you know, like I need to say something about this because it, you know, can have another chance to, or, yeah. Is or it, what. is it an important story to, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess for, for, for a, um, a project like DC pride, like that, that would be, that would be an, an important story for, you know, young people dealing with that yeah, absolutely. to, to hear. You know, like somebody, somebody, or maybe not even young people because people have idolized them for 30 years now. So I mean, there could be somebody that was born the day that he first premiered as Batman and they're, you know, having kids themselves now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> or they could have like a 12 year old if they, <laughs> if they started right out of high school. <laughs> oh, weird world. Um, oh, you also turned 40. Congratulations. Oh yeah, I did. Welcome to the old bastard club. Yep. Top of the hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we said it. Yeah. If you don't know, he died of intestinal cancer. Oh, is that what it was? He was 66. I heard it was a short battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it fucking shit creeps up on you, man. Ugh. Well, like, like all the hashtags say, of course, fuck cancer. Yeah. Yeah. They took another one. Yeah. It's 66. Like that's not even that old. Yeah. It's like younger than my parents. Yeah. I mean, younger than my mom. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess younger than my dad too, but yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know why that's, yeah. Chris Reeve was my mom's age. So yeah, of course, like we've said, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. You know, I don't think it hit me until, you know, really thinking about it that morning, um, after I got the message from you, just how like, you know, Michael Keaton, everyone likes to say like, oh yeah, he's Batman. Of course. You know, like Michael Keaton is Batman. 
I like to say, you know, Ben Affleck, I don't know, he's he's up there for me, at least in Batman v Superman, as far as Batman portrayals uh, go. Like, I'm like, I don't know, I think I kind of like him more than Michael Keaton. I know it's sacrilege to say so. But those are all incorrect. Like, Kevin Conroy is was, Batman. yeah, I mean. Period. Yeah, that's it. There's nobody who has defined Batman the same way at all. Yeah, and I feel bad for whatever poor fucker is going to have to try and fill his shoes. Because they're going to make more Batman animated stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they will be judged harshly. There, there's a guy out there, I think it might be Troy Baker. I know he's one of them who um, does a very Conroy-esque Batman. Like, like there, was, there was a project he was doing where, where I, I had to question several times. And I, I eventually figured out that it wasn't Kevin Conroy, but it just hits all the same notes. Also, that guy does a Joker that is very Mark Hamill-y. So. Like they're, they're screwed either way. So yeah. either they're going to not sound like Kevin Conroy and get shit for it, or they're going to make their career trying to be somebody else, like trying to portray somebody else's signature character and yeah. uh, probably a little less creatively fulfilling. Yeah. Like, like Kevin Conroy knows that like he created that Batman voice. Mm-hmm. That's his Batman voice. And uh, just copying someone else, it's just not quite the same hey you know i i gotta say though i enjoy doing it when i'm when i'm reading to my kid it's fun it's fun going into a little a little kevin conroy type voice when you're speaking for batman diet dr pepper it tastes more like regular dr pepper i don't know (laughs) on that note i heard like an anecdote that uh he was on um i think it was the the batman the animated series podcast and i guess they 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 would get a lot of people to like record promos in voice you know which, which and they absolutely wanted that. And they asked him to do it. And he politely declined. And his reasoning was he didn't like the idea of Batman shilling products. And fucking like, awesome. That's fucking cool. Yeah. What a fucking cool thing. To, like, kind of a bummer. Like, if he was on my show and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get him to record a promo. And he was like, no, I'd be like, oh, but like, I respect why you said no. <laughs> well, one, one thing he's done a lot I've seen on, on YouTube is he would do... Um, other Batman's lines from different movies at, in his Batman voice. So, you know, like, oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, I, like, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. You know, I, someone. I watched a YouTube video where someone had animated the end of The Dark Knight when he's talking to Gordon. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I watched that this morning and it fucking hit me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, this, I like this so much better. Like that's this, a well-written speech <laughs> yeah, and, and coming really from good. the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing Kevin Conroy say all of that, uh, gave me the feels. So in closing, I'd, I'd like to, well, sorry, I don't know if you're ready to close, yeah. but, uh, you know, my closing thoughts on this, like one of my favorite instances of Kevin Conroy you know, outside of voicing Batman was, uh, when he went on the, uh, the fat man on Batman podcast with Kevin Smith years ago. Um, I hope it's, you, it's still findable, but what a great story of, you know, his life and trying to figure out, you know, where he's going and how to get there. And he, um, he was citing one of his, I believe it was one of his professors at Juilliard. It's been a while, but, but I wrote this note. Like I took this note on my phone. Let's see if, um, over six years ago, but I believe his professor was, was John Borman, who's another, um, industry legend. I think he's a director, might be an actor. I think it's B O O R M A N, but he quoted him 
And I, I quoted this once to somebody else and they're like, oh, that's from this guy. And I was like, yeah. Um, it says there comes a time in every man's life where he must simply put one foot in front of the other and continue the business of living. And I've loved that quote because at that time in my life, I was, I was going through a real rough patch. I'd gone through a really bad breakup. I was, you know, spending my, my nights and sometimes days down at the bars, you know, just being real, real sad and listening to that interview and hearing that quote just meant a whole lot to me and hearing it come from the voice of Batman, you know, gave it extra resonance. And, um, I can't remember his exact story, but you know, it was, it was a quote that he needed to hear in his life. So it was a really touching moment for me. It was really important and it, it helped me. Um, so I will forever have that note in my phone and have that memory in my head. However vague, some of the details have gotten. Well, I'm not going to top that. So, <laughs> Rest in peace, Kevin. Conway. You will be missed. Yeah. You are currently missed already. Yeah. yeah. One day you will be missed. <laughs> uh, that day was a couple weeks ago or a week ago or whatever. Ugh. All right. So well, you want to take a little break? Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Yeah. We'll, come and, uh, we'll come and raise the mood up a little bit. Yeah. I need, I need to, I need to, yeah, get in a different frame of mind. All right. We'll be back. Welcome back, Ben. Welcome back, John. Here on Geek Exploration, the podcast. Oh, I should have said GTP Radio. We're going to discuss a little movie that came out. What two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah. It's called Weird: The Al Yankovic Story, starring Daniel Radcliffe, Weird Al Yankovic. And a shit ton of other people. Fuck ton. So many cameos in this movie. Yeah. Holy shit. It was great. Uh, okay. So weird. The Al Yankovic story. Oh, and we're going to start this with a spoiler free review and we'll let you know when the spoilers come. So if you haven't seen it, like you can get our general impression of it and cut out of here if you don't want things to be, you know, story to be right. Cause there is definitely stuff that can be spoiled in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate the reminder cause I had totally forgotten that's, that that's what we were going to do. So let's just start off the top with, what did you think? I liked it. Yep. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was, uh, I didn't know exactly what to expect going into it. Um, like I'd seen Daniel Radcliffe as, you know, in his weird Al get up and you know, it was okay. Uh, I think it worked. And I think he did a good job playing the character of weird Al in this movie. Yes. As you could imagine, this movie is a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember early on, well, you know what, maybe that's more in the nitty gritty. I'll save it for the, for the spoiler stuff. Um, I thought this movie was really good. I thought that, that, like you said, tons of, like you said, ah, um, all the celebrity cameos, especially that we had a lot of celebrities playing other celebrities. Yes. Um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, like you watch the trailers and you hear, you know, like, this is, you know, his true life story, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know that, that they're not totally taking it seriously, but I don't think I was ready for the level of not taking it seriously yeah. that it was. You know, like, I don't know why I had it in my head. It'd be but, more like the complete Al, you know, where it kind of follows. Yeah, yeah. Story. But, I, I, but I'm, I'm glad they didn't 
I'm glad they did what they did because like we already have the complete L. Like I was like, we're like we've already got like the parody autobiography of Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Uh, and so this one was even more removed from the truth, which was great. Like, and, and it hits you in the face like right away. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I'll say that, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, there, there were some slow parts that we'll talk about in the spoiler review, Yeah, but I recommend people go watch it. You can get it for free with ads on the Roku app on uh, no matter what streaming service you have, you can get the Roku app. You're like, you don't actually have yeah. to have a Roku to get the Roku channel. And if you want it, uh, free without ads, you can pirate it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to you know, fuck you doing that to weird Al of all people. I'm going to put it on in the background. That's what, like, I'm going to go on the Roku app and I'll let it play like four times, but I did Perfect. not want to watch this movie with fucking ads <laughs> in it. Fuck ads in the middle of movies. That shit drives me nuts. Not um, willing to do it. And then this way I could, I could watch it on the plane back from Mexico too. Oh yeah. Um, but, I, I don't know. That's all I have to say. That's non-spoilery. I mean, I, I just want to spoil it. Yeah. I guess my, the only other non-spoilery thing that I'd say before we, uh, bid anyone who doesn't want spoilers to do this movie was very clearly made for weird Al Yankovic fans. Yeah. It's got a ton of like little Easter eggs and callbacks and shit in it. And it's, you know, the attitude of like, if you don't know who weird Al is and you, this movie might just be confusing to you and seem really cheesy and dumb. Yeah, you'll miss you'll miss some things for sure. Yeah, it's still going to have some good moments in it, but like if you're not into Weird Al or you don't know who he is, uh you're probably not going to get everything out of this movie that is meant to be gotten out of it and uh that that's okay. But if you are a Weird Al fan, I bet you'll like this movie. Mhm. Especially since and this is not spoilery because I was worried about this going into it. It was a little jarring at first. But I was glad overall that they used like Weird Al's voice for the singing parts and didn't have Daniel Radcliffe try and sing. Yeah. Because that was definitely a concern I had going in was whether or not Daniel Radcliffe would sound wrong. And uh, he didn't. He sounded perfect because it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah. See, that that's weird to me. Like, I've got the, the same issues that I did with Bohemian Rhapsody where like, you know, when there's parts when it's Freddie, when it's, you know, like Freddie singing, I'm like, that. well, that's. It's not Rami Malek, so I don't know. It's it's weird to me. Like, I, like it doesn't fit. It feels weird, but you know what? In a movie like this, like this is not like a serious dramatic movie. You know, it's like when people you, aren't winning Oscars for this. Yeah, no, it's like when you do like a really obvious edit over something for comedic value. I I kind of got the same feel out of when he starts singing, and it's clearly Al Yankovic singing, and not. It would have <laughs> been really funny Rampler. if they if like just at some point in the movie they had him like get hurt like get hit by something and just actually had weird Isles voice like, going like ow, ow. yeah <laughs> yes yeah that kind of thing so like it was uh yeah oh, i recommend it yeah me too all right now spoil on with the shit spoilers. out of this fucking thing Woo! okay um again i thought this movie was great like i said this movie was great like you said i recommend this movie um i was shocked twofold one at the level of slapstick this what this was and then two, that I didn't uh, just automatically assume that it would be the level of slapstick. Yeah, right? Like, it, it's a fucking Weird Al movie. <laughs> of course, like, it's going to be ridiculous. What are you thinking, John? <laughs> it, it, this is this is the, the man behind UHF yeah. and the complete Al. Like, uh, and, you know, a, a, a 40-year career. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he's done. That weird show that he had for a while. Yeah. Like, all like, of it. Like, so I don't know if I thought, like, maybe because it has, like, 
Daniel Radcliffe and like I was expecting something more serious for some reason. Yeah. Like like uh, like a more accurate telling like which I knew it wasn't going to be but but it still surprised me like right off the bat like when it starts with his childhood stuff. Yeah. When it really hit me that like okay this is going to be fucking ridiculous was the uh, the scene at the dinner table where they where they're talking to him and his mom's just like yeah you know we're just going to need you to like Drop your dreams and stop being who you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, all right. I see what we're doing here now, and I'm in. Yeah, totally. Because you know, <laughs> it is it is strange that you know, like you going in with an actor like Daniel Radcliffe, you do think that you think like, wow, this is going to be an interesting retelling of of Al Yankovic's story, which I actually know. You know, like I've yeah. I've heard enough interviews, I know his you know his formative story. So I could see it happening, but of course it wouldn't be. And then that, that dinner scene. And then when you know, there are, there are little pieces of truth that are in there. Like the, uh, the door to door salesman who came with a guitar and an accordion and his mom chose, well, in real life, his mom chose the accordion for him, uh, because there was another Yankovic who was like the most famous polka king in the world and played the accordion, but they're not related. And, uh, and got him into the accordion, but like they have, they have a uh, Thomas Lennon playing the uh, the accordion salesman, and the dad just fucking kicking the shit out of him. Shit out of him was fucking great. It was brilliant, and and I love how in this movie they treated the accordion like porn or drugs. Yeah, they go to the the polka party. Yeah, yeah, bunch of teenagers having a secret polka party while while somebody's out of town, They're, and like his mom finding like polka magazines and shit. Like. I've, I fucking love oh. it. It was it was so good. It was exactly what it needed to be. I thought it was great that Weird Al played uh, played the record executive. Yep, you know, glossing over stuff like how he how he got his band and uh, you know like like the the formation or not the formation, but um, how he first came up with you know the song for like my Bologna, you know, like staring at a Bologna <laughs> thing on the. Uh, on the counter like, well, and like throughout the whole movie they have people like when he like say a line from one of the songs and it like it like gives him an epiphany yeah yeah the, and, and like they're they're at a party with just uh, i think yeah it was dr demento's party played by rain wilson oh he was so good and just a shit ton of like all the celebrities playing other celebrities including uh i'm trying to remember his name the the guy from lonely island that's not andy samberg is it is it moshe Kashner or no something? idea but i recognize him yeah and him playing peewee herman was great they had gallagher there yeah yeah <laughs> jack black playing wolfman jack even though i fucking hate that guy and that's probably the least favorite part of the uh, my least favorite part in the entire fucking the, movie because like, salvador dolly and oh yeah it was fucking brilliant i loved that scene so much and then when um you know when jack or when you know uh, wolfman jack like challenges like come up with something on the spot which they've established is hard for him to do yeah and it leads to another one rides the bus oh uh fucking what's his name uh, uh Daniel Radcliffe, Weird Al, no, Doctor Demento, the dude from Queen. Uh, oh, John Deacon. John Deacon. Yeah, just, he's uh, at the party. Yeah, John Deacon steps That's in. Right. He's like, I'm John Deacon from Queen. <laughs> like nobody knows who he is. <laughs> oh, I I totally forgot about that. It's been a couple weeks since I since I watched <laughs> that it. Shit was fucking brilliant, and, and like everyone's still staying. Like I play the bass, and like oh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't there a line about about them like going and doing something after, or going to an after oh, party or something? He invites them to uh, to open for or to play with him at Live Aid. That's right. He <laughs> says hard, hard pass. pass. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I 
<laughs> like, there's like little grains of truth in there from stuff. And, yeah, uh, recording like, like, in the, in, yeah, the record, in the bathroom and beating on the accordion case, except they're recording My Baloney instead of Another One ri- yeah. Rides the Bus. Everything's treated with such like frivolous regard. It's fantastic. I, I was just thinking loving disregard. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Madonna in this is like the villain. <laughs> yeah. Why, why am I spacing on her name? Uh, she's got one of those three part names and she's the, the lead in Westworld. Yeah. The, uh, the, the internet says Evan, Rachel. Wood, yes. Evan, Rachel Wood. Yeah. I definitely did not know that. Yeah, I thought her Madonna was okay. Um, her her accent kind of went in and out. Like if she, I wish she would have pushed the New Jersey like much harder. Madonna's accent early on was shockingly stereotypical. Like, yeah, like yeah. in real life, it was it was like a caricature of, <laughs> yeah. of you know like yeah you know she was the quote unquote Yoko yeah and. She took him on that, on the journey away from the band, which has to happen in a movie like this. Absolutely. It's required. I will say that that was probably the one scene or one segment of the movie for me that could have been cut. And I think the movie would have been better. Like, I think they spent too much time on his like downward spiral and the, like his whole like Jim Morrison scene. It just, that's when the movie for me dragged a little bit for about 20 minutes. And it, it just, it was a little, it was a little slow and then picked back up. Once he had to go rescue yeah, her. Once Madonna from, uh, got kidnapped. Yeah, by Pablo Escobar. <laughs> he goes to his birthday party. And yeah. He's fucking running through the jungle killing people. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course he is. You know, and, and it's all because he refused to play Pablo Escobar's uh, birthday party. So he kidnapped Madonna to make him come there and do it. And he ends up killing Pablo Escobar with one of the platinum records he wears around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so shit. before we move too far from it, I think one of my favorite parts of this entire fucking movie is how they stress that Eat It was an original creation yes. oh, and yes. that Michael Jackson parodied him. <laughs> oh my goodness. When I was watching it and, the, and I, I thought it was brilliant that they were just, you know, taking Michael Jackson out of the equation. That's what I thought they were doing at first. They're like, okay, they're not even going to just, they're not even going to talk about Michael Jackson at all. This was, this is a world where this was an original creation. Perfect. But then when they say that Michael Jackson is coming out with a song <laughs> called Beat It, and it's a parody of his, but it, but it's like, and not oh. to mention, that's what I was talking about doing a couple months ago with you, like taking Weird Al songs and mm-hmm. making serious songs out yeah, of from them. his originals. Yes. And uh, man, they sure did that in that movie. That's nobody's going to believe that I had that idea. for. Well, I've got a text message that that's yeah, from yeah. before the movie came out. <laughs> I don't have any insider info. But I loved that so much. He's just like, I'm only doing originals from now on. Like, that's fucking great. And then he gets all mad that somebody parodied, parodied his music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They kind of allude to it later on. Maybe. Like, his Amish, Parad- like Amish Paradise was supposed to be another original. Because, like, his dad wrote it. And it has, like, Coolio all mad in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> so that was a little fourth wall breaking there. Which Had Coolio R. died Coolio. when this was filmed? What's, what's that? Coolio, no. Yeah. Neither had Gallagher. And they were both in this movie. Oh, jeez. Um, speaking of deaths, I mean, so, you know, of course, Weird Al comes back and he, you know, does whatever, finds his way back. Like all these movies do. It's, it's a very typical story structure with with lots of hilarity in there. He comes back and he wins the award for the most recognizable. I thought I turned that off. (laughs) We're back, baby, for today. Yeah, he comes back and he wins the award that they foreshadowed before, like when he told his dad that he was going to be the most re- the yeah. most recognizable accordion player in 
genre of music. <laughs> I don't remember what the exact phrase yeah. was, but it was very specific. And he ends up winning the award. And uh, after reconciling with his dad. And then fucking like straight up supervillain, scarred face, eye patch wearing Madonna shows up <laughs> and they fucking kill Weird Al. I loved it so much that that movie ended with the death of Weird Al. Yeah, in 1985. Back in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I just, I, I love that that's what this movie was so yeah. much. Like it, it made me so happy that it was made. <laughs> and to, yeah, to end it with like, with, you know, he achieved his life goal and, and reconciled with his father, but the heart of Madonna that he broke, you know, because she ended up taking over like Pablo Escobar's Mar's drug cartel. Empire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, like over the credits, they show a bunch of like, like it starts with like real pictures of of Al when he was a kid. Yeah. And then it, you know, like photoshops him into all the situations from the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, like real weird Al in yeah. a real situation that was depicted in the movie. Yeah. It wasn't what I expected it to be, but it's, it's everything I hoped it would be like, yeah. and I didn't even, I didn't even know what I was getting into and I, I was thrilled with it. It was great. And that's a good feeling too, because the, it really sucks when you're excited for something and you're let down. Yeah. Or you're excited for something and it turns out to be exactly what you thought it was going to be. Like there's no surprises in it. Like this movie had, I didn't have any idea where it was going pretty much the whole way through. Like yeah. even knowing Weird Al's story, like it doesn't matter what Weird Al's story was because doesn't match up at all. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very small bits of truth. Apparently in real life, it was Madonna's idea to have Weird Al parody her. And she even suggested the, uh, the title like a surgeon. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, she wanted that yank of ink bump. Uh huh. Which is the, the one, the one time from what I, from what I read, the one time where a creation started from someone else, not Weird Al. Like he, he's always, he always does his own stuff. You know, like, of course he's, he's the man behind his craft. So He's going to be the one creating it. So this movie was produced by, there were a few different, uh, few different things on there, but including funny or die, which we know from yeah. the internet. Have you seen the funny or die sketch weird? The Al Yankovic story? No. Is it old? Yes. I was just, you know, doing a little, just a YouTube browse. I just click on the little YouTube thing and it just populates with a bunch of videos I might like. That's all I ever do on YouTube. And it came up and said, weird, the Al Yankovic story. I was like, interesting. I was like, wait, why is this thing like five minutes long? And then I saw it was posted nine years ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was a funnier die sketch. And it follows the more or less the exact same beats. Like sometimes word for word. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like the dinner scene with, with like the, our kid's a little weird. Uh, and then, uh, and then his dad like finding, um, accordion magazines and the Madonna stuff. So in, in the short, uh, his parents are played by screen legends, uh, Gary Cole and, uh, and Mary Steenburgen, Gary Cole, you'd know from, for the, the dad from, uh, Talladega nights or Bill Lumberg oh, okay. in, uh, office yeah. space. I was gonna say the only Gary Cole I know is Gary Cole, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Patton Oswalt plays Dr. Demento in that. Patton Oswalt was in this one as well. Oh, who did he play? He was in like the, uh, the, like that biker bar thing. He was like one of the guys in the audience. That's right. Yep. And then the person who played Madonna in the old sketch was Olivia Wilde, which speaking of which I watched, don't worry, darling last night. Ooh. That's not good. It, it should have been so much better, 
but we'll leave that for another time. Um, great concept, but poor third act, especially. Bummer. Yeah. But, you know, like... <laughs> I wonder how much I've said that in past episodes. Like, is that is that... Like, do we need a Geeksploration the Podcast t-shirt that says, like I said? Because we've missed out on that merch opportunity if I say it this much. But it basically followed all the same beats and it was hilarious. You know, even though I, I just watched a, you know, hour and a half, two hour movie based on that. In fact, this movie was almost two hours and I think it, it could have been a tight 90 minutes and I think it would have, it would have benefited from it. Yeah. It worked for me cause I was on a four hour flight. So, uh, you know, longer, the better. Yeah. And, and I, I, there was no part of me that hated it, but it was just, it, it was just right in the middle there. There was, oh, it dragged just a little bit. Yeah, you bit. could have tightened up the descent, I guess, yeah. a bit. Yeah. Because uh, it didn't have as many, it wasn't as joke dense as the rest of it. Like, I think if it had had more, more, uh, gags, gags in it, it would have, it would have felt a little more at, at place in place there. Yeah. Yeah. It was more heavily written. Like, we don't want heavy writing. Yeah. We're we not want, looking for drama. Yeah. We want the dad kicking the shit out of the accordion salesman. <laughs> um but no i i really truly enjoyed this movie i will watch it again and again i need to watch it again just to figure out you know because my my kid's a, a weird owl fan but and and for the most part like there's no like horrible language or anything just like his his music and she can handle the, the you know the disc to the head with pablo escobar but like i know there there are some like some pretty strong sexual overtones when once it gets into the madonna thing that i'm not sure none of my, it's really lewd though i imagine anything that would be inappropriate would go over her head maybe you know like there's the implied that they like it has them you know making out up the stairs but it's really goofy because they're knocking all the, shit all over the rolling along the walls and shit yeah yeah and then after that it's just post-coital cigarette in bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so it's uh it is funny watching watching a a fictional weird owl smoking cigarettes because I, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine the real weird owl has ever put a cigarette <laughs> to his mouth um, or said the f word that would be the thing if we ever got to talk to weird owl and like get him off mic and just be like so do you ever say fuck like do you do you ever drop hard f's if you said like fuck no i'd be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Will, Weird Al and Will Forte as the record executives were great. Oh, and that Funny or Die sketch, Weird Al was the record executive. Oh, really? Like saying the same thing. And it may have been Will Forte with him there, too. But it was just very brief. Good flick. Yeah. Watch it, everyone. If Let us know what you think uh, in the comments below. Hit that uh, subscribe or smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that bell icon to notify you when we have a new episode <laughs> i've been watching too much youtube <laughs> maybe that's what no never mind <laughs> what the fuck john i was about to say maybe that's what we do when we come back make it video <laughs> nobody's gonna edit that fuck no <laughs> fuck no if only we had the ability to do a show that didn't need to be edited well we don't need to edit this but i feel compelled to yeah i feel like like we should i mean there, i listen to a number of podcasts where they don't edit fucking at all it's and, annoying well some of them it's fine occasionally it gets me when someone like coughs or something you're like come on you can at least cut the cough out dude what what gets least. me more than anything like when i'm listening to with Gorley and rust
is when they have long silences that, that, you know, when somebody's thinking about something and they're not saying anything. Well, you just, uh, you could literally automate that shit. Exactly. Like if you're editing an audition, you run a, 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 what is it? It's not delete silence, but whatever. It's just one process that takes about 30 seconds max. And it goes through your entire file and scrubs, you know, anything longer than three seconds below this, uh, this level. Three seconds is even a long time to be silent. Long as shit. And it's annoying on that show. And I think that that's the problem with us is that, you know, some people just have a really quick rapport, but like, I know sometimes I have to gather my thoughts and that stuff does need to be cut out. Yeah. And or or all your fucking racial slurs. I got to cut those out too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In the moment I was like, I was like, you know what, John, why don't you just have a, have a, a a moment of, uh, of humility and just make it about how, when, when you fuck up and Ben has to edit that. And then I was like, should I make up something about Ben fucking up all the time? And then no, here comes the racist comment. Jeez. Um, any closing thoughts about the weird owl movie? It was funny. It was uh, Yankovician, and uh, I suggest everyone goes and watch it if you haven't yet. Yeah, and if you're if that's the first movie you've seen with Weird Al, then uh, go ingest some other stuff. Um, I was in the comic shop the other day, and it was right when they opened, and they started up UHF. I was yeah. like, here we go. If you haven't seen UHF, you've wasted your life. Yeah, you can fix that right. You've now. made bad decisions. Yeah. Um, no matter how successful you might be, because you weren't sitting around watching UHF and eating <laughs> Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Um, it was good speaking with you, yeah, Ben. You even, as well, even, even though we, we've spoken many times off mic, we got we to gotta hammer out this, uh, this issue three script so I can get, uh, get furiously scribbling. Do you remember the outro? It's been a while. Oh, I've, I've done this <laughs> on an almost weekly basis for, for four years now. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. If you want to let us know how we did, apparently I did forget. Um, you can hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, even though we are not quite as active. But, hey, if you send me a message, I will fucking respond to you. D- do it for once. Um, Facebook Geek Exploration the podcast page, Instagram Geek Exploration podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod, or the best way to get a hold of us. And I will one hundred percent get on Mike. I will drive the hour, the hour and a half round trip to Ben's house just to respond to a call. If you uh, call us at nine one six Ork Turd nine one six O R C T U R D, leave us a message. Um, tell us you miss us. Tell us you're glad we're gone. Um, or ask us what laundry detergent we prefer. Or tell us that you didn't even notice we were gone. Yeah, all free and clear, <laughs> by the way. And if you enjoyed today's show, uh, stop by Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and, and leave us one of those reviews. Uh, we prefer five stars, but literally I'll take any stars. So star deprived. <laughs> no. Or one star where you just totally chew into our ass. I'll take that too. Oh, ass chewing. We've got uh, a Discord that uh we've got some good friends on there now we've been chatting with uh we're part of the geekly grind podcast network we got swag at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com and our theme song is celebration by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com um in fact you know uh geek exploration the podcast uh merchandise or space oddities uh, one and two are, uh, are available right now would make great stocking stuffers or Christmas presents. 
get your orders in now? Well, with uh, with Space Oddities, what do they do? I mean, they, they can get it digitally, but do they just shoot us a message? Any of those places, you could leave a voicemail saying, hey, I want one of these. Yeah, we'll I've, get in touch with I've you. I've been dragging ass setting. I think I can set up like an e-shop where people could buy it on our website. Uh, just haven't done it. Yeah, but I mean, so. if you if you just send us an email, and I can go to the post office yeah, on Monday. Mail you that shit right away. <laughs> yeah, confuse your grandma with a geek exploration T-shirt. Yeah, she won't know what it means, and that's okay. Okay, well, it was, uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again when the when there is something important to talk about. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky, from video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more. Since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere. Talk to you again when the when there is something important to talk about.